everyone, this is Chris McLaughlin from Stones Crossing Church, and I want to welcome you to another edition of the D Group Leader Podcast. We are in part two of talking about personalities in your D Group, and I'm here with my good friend and D Group Leader, Rachel Reese. So, how's it going? Fantastic. <laughs> so, I think I said that on the last one, man. That's okay. Predictable. <laughs> Hey, uh, before we get going into part two, where, where today we're, we're, we're going to talk about some of those more challenging roles, ch- more challenging personalities that you might have in your group. But before we get into that, we want to talk about uh, a really cool thing that's coming up in the next few weeks here, and that is this uh, Brian Chapel event that's taking place. Um, you guys, I am so excited about this. I can't wait for him to be here and to just teach us all the things. Um, so uh, if you don't know who Brian Chapel is, Brian Chapel was the president of a seminary for uh, a long time, and now he is the, uh, uh, he's a pastor. He, he moved into local church ministry, and he's pastoring a church out in Illinois. And he has written several books, and he's literally written the book on, uh, on Christ-centered preaching. It's like mm-hmm. how to look for Jesus in all of scripture, and, and then how to actually create application out of that, and how to teach it. And it's phenomenal. It's so good. Um, he is going to come to our church to do one of our leadership labs. It's going to be on Thursday, June 20th. It goes from 6.30 to 8 p.m. There's child care available. Uh, D group leaders, I don't even know how to stress this enough. Like, I, I think I said this at one point. Like, I almost want to make it a requirement. Just do it. Just make it a requirement. Yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, you guys... You guys should definitely be at that leadership lab on Thursday, June 20th. Um, It's going to be so worth your time. Now, here's the second thing, is that he is doing a full conference uh, here at our church on Thursday morning. It goes from 9 to 3 p.m. on Thursday, June 20th. And then on Friday, it goes from 9 to noon. Um, This full conference, he's going to unpack a lot more of what he's going to be talking about Thursday night. And so if this is something that you can make room in your life to do this, you can, um, you know, you can get off work or, or put kids in childcare or whatever, um, it will be so worth your time and energy to be there for this. This is really kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to, to, to get to sit under his teaching. And so if you want to do that, sign up for the full conference at stonescrossing.com slash preaching conference, all one word, preaching conference. And um, I'm also going to put that link in the email this week so you guys can click on that and, um, and sign up for that. But man, I would love for each and every one of you to be a part of uh, at least the Thursday night thing, if not the full conference that week. So, well, let's get into our uh, topic for today. We're talking about personalities in our D group. Last time we talked about some of the more constructive personalities that maybe we can help to encourage and draw out some of these things that could really benefit our groups. Today what we're going to do is we're going to look at some of the roles that um, are going to be more challenging for us and may actually somewhat distract from the conversations that we're having with our groups. Um, I have been uh, leading small groups. I I, I added it up this week. I've been leading small groups for 23 years. (laughs) I'm like, wow, that's a long time. I know that some of you that are listening out there have been leading small groups far longer than that. (laughs) <laughs> which I am so thankful for. Um, and then so I just want to share some of the things. In the groups that I have led in the past, I have seen a number of these uh, destructive roles or challenging roles. 
And, um, and so we're not going to talk about all of them because uh, in the book, uh, this, is, this is out of um, Growth Groups with Colin Marshall. Um, in the book, he talks about a number of them, but we're just going to touch on a few because I don't think we'd have the time <laughs> to talk through all of them. Um, so let's just start here with the, the beginning here. The first one that he mentions is called The Onlooker. Um, this is the non-contributor, the one that um, just kind of sits there and they're not, they don't seem like they're paying attention or getting anything out of it, um, things like that. Um, Rachel, let me ask you this. Um, have you been in a group where you've had an onlooker? And what might cause people to be that way? I think a couple things contribute to the person that kind of, you know, just sits and observes rather than participates. One, I think sometimes there's intimidation. If they are baby Christians, if they're new to the faith, or they're just new to our group. Like I said, that's yeah. why I... Uh, last week I said, you know, I, I was so impressed by the new young woman who joined our group and just jumped right in because she could have just gone and gone for four weeks and sat there and said nothing. And um, so I just, I wanted to make sure I, I acknowledged that she was not the onlooker because she so easily could have been. Right. Um, so I think sometimes they'll fear speaking up. Uh, maybe they're afraid they're going to say something wrong or they're right. going to say something if they're new to the group that the group's already established their beliefs on, you know, and mm-hmm. so they, they don't want to put, you know step on anyone's toes or anything. Right. Um, two, I think, I, innocently, I think sometimes people just really need to, like, really form their thoughts. Logan is so like this. Like, I, I'm a verbal processor. Logan's you your know. husband. Logan's my husband. Sorry. Okay. Random, <laughs> yeah. The ghost in the room. No, I, <laughs> I am such a verbal processor. I will say a million wrong things as I'm trying to work something out in my head. Yeah. And Logan, my husband, is he wants to have what he's going to say fully formed yeah. before he says it. That's just, that's his personality. He just mm-hmm. wants to make sure that what he says is really what he believes. And Oh, I need somebody like that in my life, right? That's God's gift to me to have somebody <laughs> like that in my life. And so I think, like, sometimes people just need that space to be able to jump into the conversation. Yeah. And it's just not their gift to be able to do that. Sure. How can we, how can we help people with that? I mean, I mean, when we have a, a D group with a bunch of personalities and maybe there's people in there that are going to be those ones that, like, jump into the conversation really quickly and they're the verbal processors... But then you have people that are just going to sit there and maybe never engage. What can we do to help them with that? So one, I think this is so important, and this took me so long to get good at, is be comfortable with some long silences. Yeah. You know, and that is so, I'm like, oh, for silence, I need to fill the silence. Yeah. And so that has been good for me as a leader to get really used to, and it's made me a better group member for the, you know, the groups that I'm a member of, because yeah. I, I can be the one that's like, all right, let's go, let's, let's talk about this. But right. I know, because of my husband, I've been in a group with my husband for you know, 10 years. Yeah. And so I know that he needs time. He needs that silence before he's going to jump in. Well, let's take the, the exact opposite personality. And this is what Colin Marshall calls the monopolizer. The Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. This is the, uh, he calls these the natural born ramblers. Um, we've all met these people, uh, I think. And, uh, they can almost, in a group, it's almost like no one else exists. It's just them. It's like, hey, you asked the question. I'm answering it. Yep. Here we go. Yep. And uh, uh, they sort of dominate everything. You know, I, I've had groups with people like that. I, I think sometimes I'm that person yep. in the group. Um, but what are some strategies we can use to to maybe curb the monopolizer a little bit and then help others to have the chance to speak? Yeah, so I think, I mean, I think a lot of times in my experience, when it's this person, 
they're not necessarily they're not egomaniacs. You know, they don't think that their word is the only word that needs to be heard. Honestly, in my in my groups, the kind of people that I have, um, it's it's just because they need to get some words out. It's women who have been at work all day, and it's Monday night, and they haven't said anything. Or it's stay-at-home moms that have for five days a week, eight hours a day, only talk to toddlers. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes they just need to be heard. And so for me, I see that because I see that in me. And so I, if they're saying something, if they're sharing something, maybe they're sharing what's on their heart or something that's going on in their lives, that's obviously important to them. And so I want to affirm them and say, hey, that's super great. I love that. Uh, I want to talk about that some more and let's talk about that. You know, maybe it's something that can be a prayer request, you know, that they're sharing something that's on their heart and legitimately mean that and go back to that later. Even if it's after group or you text them or call them or whatever, a lot of the times I think it's just they need to be heard and they're not being heard. Yeah. Now, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's people (laughs) who just really like the sound of their voice. And so if that's the case and it's getting out of hand, then I think, you know, outside of the group, you know, don't necessarily be like, uh, Chris, you need to settle down. <laughs> you know, that's not our job. We're not third grade teachers. Yeah. Um, but but just to gently say, hey, I love that, you know, I love what you share. I love that what you contribute to the group. But just, you know, kind of make them aware of what we've seen with the onlookers, right? Like make them aware. There are yeah. other people that need just a little bit of silence and breaks to chime in to be able to contribute. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure that we just, you know, do you think that that them. is best handled in like a private conversation? Like, do you pull them aside after a group or maybe give them a call later and say, you know, I, I, I love the, your contributions to the group, but I think that there's some other people that maybe feel like they can't talk sometimes yeah. like kind of draw attention to that. I would, I would track them down at church. Cause I feel like if you call them, I mean, you can, you know, yeah, I think yeah. some people respond to that a better. But for me, yeah. But for me, it would be like, I'm calling you to tell you how terrible you are. No, right. you know, and I don't want to do that. You know, and so if I'm, if I see them at church yeah. and I'm having a conversation with them, I th- feel like that's a lot more natural to just, you know, hey, are you how are you doing with the group? How are you doing with the work? You know, ask them how they're doing, and then you can throw that in there. So it's yeah. not just, I need to call you out. Sure. You know, because yeah, yeah. like I said, a lot of the times it's it's innocent. It's not you know somebody who just wants to hear their voice all the time. Yes. And so. But they're still unaware of it, and they need to be aware. If they're doing it consistently, you know, every single day, every single question. Totally. Then, yeah. Yeah. Let's just do one more. Um, I want to do the the fighter. Oh, gracious. The fighter. (laughs) This is the person who is going to, um, just loves to stir up debate. Um, And they love to get into some of these hot-button topics, and they're going to kind of bring the issue back to that. Um, But it can be argumentative. And actually sometimes intimidate other people in mm-hmm. the group. So there's a couple things with this. I mean, one is how can we as the D group leaders stay above this and avoid getting sucked into the debate? Because I'll be honest, like, I love talking theology. Yeah. I can debate stuff yeah. all, all day long. Right. But then I'm like, wait a minute, that's not the goal of what we're doing here in this right. group. you know. So, so I have this temptation of getting sucked into it. So what are some things that we can do to avoid getting sucked into the debate? And then, and then once we've done that, help them to, uh, to kind of bring the conversation back again to the, this is the goal of what we're doing tonight. Right. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, if they're, if they're kind of, if they don't have a well-formed argument, you use 
you know, our good friend Greg Kokel. Uh-huh. He uses his, his tactics. What do you mean by that? Yeah. You know, and I think if they're just kind of trying to debate for debate's sake and they don't really have much to say and you do that to them, they'll get caught. Sure. You know, and so... Yeah. So the, so what we're referring to here is um, there's a book out there called Tactics, and it's by a guy named Greg Kokel. He, he, he has an organization called Stand to Reason, and he po- poses this idea... Uh, called the Columbo tactic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And he says uh, that you basically just ask two questions. It's it's one is what do you mean by that? Get a mm-hmm. clarifying question, and then two, uh, you ask them why do you believe that? Mm. Um, and nine times out of ten, most people don't necessarily have good answers right. for those things, and right. so they kind of end up getting stuck. Yeah. Um, so because some people just like to right. you know state their opinions and right. then move on. Yeah. But, I go back to the thief on the cross. You know, he did not have any technical theological training. He didn't have a stance on predestination or baptism or eschatological views, you know. And yeah. Jesus still said, I'll see you in paradise. And that's not <laughs> to say we should be complacent. Like, I love, you know, I love having those discussions and I love yeah. growing and learning from other people. But we still need to see that, like, there will be people that I disagreed with on this earth that mm-hmm. I will see in heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's good. Yeah. And we need to have, we need to be challenged in those ways. And that's okay. And we should still have, you know, there's still obviously the tenets of the faith. Like we need to be firm in those. Sure. And we should not be wavering those. There are sure. primary issues. Yeah. Absolutely. But we need to have in the non-essentials liberty and in all things charity. And mm-hmm. so if I'm saying that and I go back to that example, hopefully <laughs> that will speak to their hearts. Yeah. Well, Rachel, I want to thank you so much for spending some time just talking with us about these things. Oh, and, thanks, friend. <laughs> that was great. Um, little, little known fact. So I, I love sharing this story. Um, and since you've listened all the way to the end, you get the benefit yes. of hearing the story. Easter so, egg. <laughs> so um, Rachel and Logan and my wife and I, Erica and I, we first knew each other how how many years ago? Well, Logan and I just had our ten year anniversary. When did you move so, to Tucson? Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Yeah. So ten we years started, ago. Yeah, we started year D group or small group, whatever. In two thousand. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we first met each other in Tucson, Arizona, and they lived in our neighborhood, just like one block away. Yeah. And they started coming to the church that I I was I was helping to plant a church down there, and they started coming to our church. And Logan uh, is a great piano player. We got him plugged in with the worship team, and uh, uh, they joined our small group. And so it was. It so was I've so had cool. firsthand experience at your leadership, Chris. <laughs> yeah. That'll be next week's podcast. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Just oh man, no one wants that. So. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, it's super cool that we've just got to know each other for so long and that we, we actually moved to Indianapolis uh, one week apart from yep. each other yep. <laughs> five years ago. So, yep. so crazy. Bonkers. So, yep. <laughs> anyway, well, um, hey, you know, thank you so much for listening today. Again, I just want to thank you, all of you D group leaders out there that are doing the hard work of loving and caring for the people of our church. Uh, what you do is invaluable to us and uh, to those people that you're serving. And so I just thank you so much for that. Um, And uh, I don't know the way to close this one. (laughs) Team break. (laughs) That's it. Um, Let me say that again. Hey, so I just want to say thank you again to all of you listeners out there. uh, Those of you that are D group leaders that are, that are caring and shepherding, caring for and shepherding the people of our church. I just, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing by caring for them and uh, discipling them. Uh, again, I just want to let you know, you know, as your uh, uh, discipleship pastor, um, if there's anything that I can do to help 
uh, to make you successful, that's what I want to do. So you just reach out to me and let me know how I can help you to, to do that. So uh, we are going to continue on with another topic next week. Uh, and so we hope that you tune in to the D Group Leader Podcast. Thank you.